0: Okay, so today we'll take a look at the second part of Malachi chapter 1, where the focus uh, is on the sacrifices that were being made uh, by the priest, and we discover that the sacrifices that were made uh, were blemished uh, sacrifices, so we'll see why it was blemished, and how uh, to respond to blemished uh, sacrifices, uh, how God responds, and how we can respond and some reflection on what we learn about the character of God, and also what type of sacrifices God expects from us uh, today. So even though uh, it is a book of Malachi written many years back, uh, we can still learn about worship uh, from this passage, and it uh, challenges us to examine our own worship, our own sacrifice that we make to God to make sure it is acceptable. So uh, last week, we talked about the burden of the Lord and God's uh, burden for Israelites was, even though the temple was uh, rebuilt, uh, but the former glory was missing and they were going through many traditions uh, without any passion. So there was practice, uh, but no passion. And we also saw that they had low moral standards and they were unable to listen and obey God's voice. And also... They were not able to learn uh, from God, history of God's love and chastisement. So the burden of the Lord is the burden that uh, prophet Malachi is conveying uh, to the people of Israel. But the uh, the word is coming from God uh, through the prophet uh, to the people. And we also saw the unique uh, style of Malachi where a statement is made by God. Then there is an objection by the people And God responds uh, to defend uh, his statement or to clarify his statement. So we saw the first one last week, uh, where God made the statement that I have loved you, but people objected uh, that they didn't really feel that God loved them. And God responded by uh, showing the example of Jacob and Esau and how God loved uh, Jacob or how God chose Jacob. Uh, even before he was born and even though Jacob had many failures uh, we see that God continued to love love him and God restored him even when he was fallen so today uh, we'll take a look at the second uh, statement which focuses on the sacrifices uh, that were made by the priests and the statement is the priests have despised uh, my name and they have offered uh, polluted bread uh, at the altar or at the table, and the objection by the priest is uh, wherein have we despised thy name, and wherein have we polluted thee, and the response by God, which is the focus uh, of this uh, section, uh, God uh, focuses their attention on the quality of the sacrifices, and it also brings to mind uh, the quality that was expected uh, based on the loss. Uh, that were given uh, to the people of Israel. So we'll start with uh, verses uh, 6 to 8, which talks about the blemished uh, sacrifices, and we can see what does uh, God expect, and what the priests were offering, and who should take the blame uh, for blemished uh, sacrifices. And when we translate it uh, to our own lives today, uh, we can ask uh, what does God expect uh, when we come for worship And are we also guilty of offering blemished uh, worship and who should be blamed for that? So here God is asking questions and also giving some examples uh, in terms of the offerings that are made uh, to the governor or to a special guest and comparing the offering that is made to governor uh, with the offering uh, that is made to God. And when we go back to the uh, Old Testament, to the book of Leviticus, uh, it speaks about the quality of sacrifices uh, that are expected in Leviticus uh, chapter 22. And in uh, many other places, and also in the book of Deuteronomy, we saw what was the quality of sacrifices uh, that were expected. And in Leviticus uh, chapter 22 and verse 19, it says, you shall offer at your own will, a male uh, without blemish and it goes on to say but whatsoever hath a blemish that shall he not offer for it shall not be acceptable for you and it goes on to say in verse 24 ye uh, shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut neither shall he make uh, any offering thereof uh, in your land so if you go back and read uh, chapter 22 of Leviticus uh, it speaks uh, In detail uh, about the quality that the Lord expected uh, in terms of sacrifices and we also saw in Deuteronomy 15 21 and if there be any blemish uh, therein as if it be lame or blind or have any ill blemish uh, you shall not sacrifice it unto the Lord thy God so the people of Israel they would have known the loss and they would have known what God expected uh, from the sacrifices so that is why God is questioning the quality of sacrifice that is being made uh, by the priests. And we also note that the uh, the unblemished uh, sacrifices, uh, they were a foreshadow of the sinless uh, sacrifice that would be made by Lord Jesus Christ. And that would be the final and perfect uh, sacrifice for our sins. So what was being done in the Old Testament was simply a foreshadow of uh, perfection uh, that will come uh, through lord jesus christ so we see that god expects a purity he expects a holiness he expects a separation uh, when it comes to sacrifices and worship and obviously god cannot compromise uh, with the laws uh, that were given uh, to the people of israel and that is why they are being challenged and questioned so we read in uh, verse uh, six Uh, If a son honoreth his father and a servant his master, uh, where is my honor and where is my fear? So what is uh, missing uh, in the worship or in sacrifices uh, was the honor and fear of God. So God makes a comparison that uh, he is the father. And if that is the case, uh, he must be honored uh, much more than the earthly fathers, uh, even as we are commanded in in the 10 commandments, uh, number five, that we should honor our fathers. And in Hebrews uh, 12, nine, uh, furthermore, if we had fathers of our flesh, uh, which corrected us and we gave them reverence, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits uh, and live? So, but the priests say that they were unaware uh, that they were despising God. So that is why they asked the question, Uh, wherein have we despised thy name, wherein have we uh, polluted thee. So that's in verse 6. So they were going through all these practices, but when God questions them, we see that they object and they plead uh, ignorance. And the consequence uh, of the missing honor and fear of God or lack of reverence uh, by the priest uh, led to the blemished uh, sacrifices And we see that the priests were simply going through the traditions uh, with no understanding uh, and no uh, commitment. So they knew that according to the laws, uh, they had to offer sacrifices. So they were going through those motions, but not really being very careful uh, because the honor and reverence uh, to God was missing. So in Isaiah 29, uh, verse 13, it says, wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as his people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught uh, by the precept of men. So again, we find a similar reference uh, in New Testament uh, where people are worshiping uh, with their lips, but they're not really worshiping because uh, it is not coming uh, from their heart. It is not coming with a true understanding. And like the priests, uh, they are simply going through the motions, uh, going through the traditions. And obviously that is uh, unacceptable to the Lord. And it makes a comparison with the type of offering or the type of food that is offered to special guests, as we see in verse eight. And if we offer the blind uh, for sacrifice, uh, is it not evil? And if we offer the lame and sick, Uh, Is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Uh, Will he be pleased uh, with thee? Or accept thy person, uh, saith the Lord of hosts. So essentially when uh, we have special guests, uh, obviously we try to offer the very best. So here God is asking the same question that if a governor is coming to your house, uh, you would offer him the very best. And in the same way, we need to honor God by offering him uh, the very best. And if the priests have low standards, and if they compromise, then it will trickle down uh, to the people. So if they set the expectation uh, to be very low, or if they compromise uh, on the standards uh, that were set by God, then eventually (laughs) uh, it will be also reflected uh, in the people. And the same thing we also read uh, in verse uh, 7 and 12, where it speaks about the worthless uh, sacrifices, uh, which again uh, leads to despising the table of the Lord uh, or the altar and disrespecting the Lord. So here it says in 7, Ye offer polluted bread upon my altar, and ye say, Wherein have ye polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible, but he have profaned it in that he say the table of the Lord is polluted and the fruit thereof, even as meat, uh, is contemptible. So what they are bringing to the altar uh, is obviously not meeting the standards that God had kept. So the animals and the fruits, everything is uh, polluted or and it shows disrespect to the Lord and dishonors the Lord. So we can ask the question, uh, who should be blamed uh, for the blemished uh, sacrifices? Uh, It can show the uh, ignorance uh, of the people. Uh, People may not know exactly how it should be done. Or it could show the lack of standards uh, of the priests or the people. Or it could also mean, uh, since the priests uh, were the leaders, they were supposed to hold the people to a higher standard but we see that the priests were willing to accept uh, blemished animals uh, from the people which were then offered at the altar. So we can say that uh, in a way, the priests were not uh, holding the people accountable to higher standards, or maybe they were not teaching the people uh, how they should bring uh, sacrifices or what should be the quality of sacrifices. So we see uh, that God holds Uh, the leaders, uh, to a high standard. And we saw that uh, even in the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses uh, was held uh, to a high standard. In the same way here, we see that God is asking the questions uh, to the priests, uh, why the sacrifices are blemished. So the problem uh, starts with the priests, or the problem uh, starts with the top, but uh, eventually it trickles down uh, to the people, which means the whole setup, Uh, becomes polluted. And in verses uh, 9 to 14, uh, we can see uh, the response uh, to blemished uh, sacrifices. Uh, We can take uh, three positions. Uh, The worshipers uh, can repent and things can change and be restored. And the second uh, extreme option uh, is to suspend the worship because the worship itself uh, is not accepted by God. So there is no reason uh, to continue the worship. And the third response we see uh, is the justice of God. Uh, if the worship continues the way it is, uh, with, with the offering of blemished uh, sacrifices, and if there is no repentance, uh, we can see that eventually God will chastise or God will bring judgment. Uh, on the people, and also the priests. In this passage, uh, we see some strong words. Uh, So in verse 9, it speaks about the possibility of repentance. And in verse 10, uh, it speaks about suspending the worship. And uh, later on in verse 14, we see that cursed uh, be the deceiver, uh, which reminds us that uh, we really cannot mock God, or we really cannot uh, pretend that we are doing the right thing, because God is always looking at the heart Uh, he's not looking at what's happening so in verse 9 we see a call to repentance so the priests are supposed to intercede uh, for the people but if there is uh, iniquity in their heart then God will not uh, hear their prayers so there is no point of the priest uh, interceding uh, if they are bringing blemished uh, sacrifice and if there is lack of reverence or lack of holiness uh, among the priests. So obviously the priest, uh, they cannot approach a holy God uh, with defiled uh, sacrifices. And the people should not uh, expect a pardon for their sins uh, by showing uh, disrespect to God uh, in terms of the offerings uh, that they are bringing. And in Isaiah 59, uh, 1 and 2, it reminds us that, behold, Uh, The Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. So here the priests are being warned that uh, they might be making sacrifices, but if there is iniquity in their heart, or if they are disrespecting God, or if they are compromising uh, in the quality of sacrifice, then God is not going to hear their prayers, then it is a pointless uh, sacrifice. But we also see that Bible always offers hope uh, to sinners, and restoration is always possible when we recognize our failures and when we repent of our sins. So the priests are also given that opportunity where they are made aware of their shortcomings, they are made aware of their failures, and the the right response uh, would be to seek God, to beseech God, uh, to be gracious uh, unto them, uh, to forgive them of their shortcomings, so that the worship uh, can be restored. And worst Worcester uh, is an extreme uh, solution. It's an extreme response by God, where God is questioning that uh, not even one person uh, is able to make that uh, judgment that things are not going right. And if that is the case, uh, it's better to shut down the temple operations or to shut the doors than to offer meaningless worship uh, with blemished uh, sacrifices. So we see that God does not uh, take pleasure uh, in hypocrisy. Uh, He doesn't take pleasure uh, in just traditions or simply going through the motions uh, without true understanding and in isaiah 13 it reminds us bring no more vain sacrifices or oblations uh, your incense uh, is an abomination unto me verse 11 uh, we're reminded that uh, if the uh, there would uh, a time would come when even the gentiles uh, would be offering their worship uh, for from the rising of the sun even unto the going down of the same my name shall be great uh, among the Gentiles. And in every place uh, incense uh, shall be offered unto my name and a pure offering for my name uh, shall be great uh, among the heathen, uh, saith the Lord of hosts. So that's a prophetic uh, verse uh, that reminds us that uh, a day would come where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and everyone will exalt God and worship him Uh, as the true God. So even though the offerings uh, are being compromised, uh, it does not uh, diminish uh, the greatness of God. And he will be exalted by all, including Gentiles, uh, in the days to come. And true worshipers, uh, they will exalt God, and they will glorify him uh, throughout uh, eternity. And when we go to the book of Revelation, we don't see Uh, Any sacrifices, but we see an incense uh, replaces that. So we see in 141:2, let my prayer be set forth before thee uh, as an incense, and the lifting up of my hands uh, as the evening sacrifice. And in Revelation 8:3, it says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And verse 13 uh, speaks about the weariness uh, in worship, where even though the priests and the people might be going through uh, the motions of worship, but the worship itself uh, is becoming a weariness or they're getting tired uh, of worship. And when there is a weariness uh, in our worship, uh, it will bring compromises uh, in our spiritual life. And also if the worship is not being done uh, in spirit and in truth, and if you are simply going through the motions, then obviously uh, there is no real joy uh, in the worship uh, that we are doing. And that will also lead to weariness or that will also lead to tiredness uh, in the process. And in Isaiah 1.14, it says, God becomes uh, weary of false uh, worship. Uh, it says, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Then we uh, come uh, to the justice of God uh, in verse uh, 14, where it says, uh, but cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male, and woeth and sacrificeth unto a lord." Uh, a corrupt thing. So here we are reminded that even though we have the capacity uh, to offer uh, something good uh, to the Lord, we are holding back the good things and we are offering the corrupt uh, things uh, to the Lord or we are offering the blemished uh, things uh, to the Lord. So so God is able to notice uh, such uh, deceptions. He is able to notice uh, such compromises when we offer the second best uh, to the Lord. So obviously, uh, we cannot deceive God uh, with vain worship. And in verse 14, we are reminded that the justice will come uh, and cursed uh, will be the deceiver, uh, even though they are doing uh, sacrifices, even though they are doing offering. They are not doing with with a true heart uh, and they are deceiving God in their worship and God will judge them. So he's a great king, and he deserves our best, and not the second best or the leftovers uh, when we offer our worship. And there's an example of uh, Aaron's sons uh, that we see in Leviticus uh, chapter 10. Uh, It says, and Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered a strange uh, fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not to do. So in this example also we see uh, that they are offering a sacrifice, uh, which is not uh, acceptable to the Lord, and we see the consequence of that, Uh, they are punished, Uh, and in verse 2 it says, and there went out a fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died uh, before the Lord. And that is also the message uh, that we get from the scriptures, that if we continue to live in sin, uh, if we ignore God's warnings, or if we ignore uh, God's word, uh, it would lead to uh, chastisement from God, uh, it will lead to punishment from God, and it would lead to curses uh, rather than blessings, uh, even though uh, we might think that we are doing everything, but if you're not doing it with the right motive and according to the principles that the Lord has set, uh, it will yes. lead to punishment. Mm-hmm. And also in Genesis uh, chapter four, we are familiar with the sacrifice that was made by Cain and Abel. And verse five says, but unto Cain and to his offering, uh, he had no respect and Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell and the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance uh, fallen? So that is a question that we may ask God. Why is God upset? Uh, Why is he not uh, accepting our sacrifices? Why is he not accepting our worship? Why is he not uh, accepting uh, our ministries, and so on? But God will respond by saying, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. So if we do things right, uh, God will always accept because God is a just God. Uh, He is a fair God and there is no partiality with him. Uh, He is no respecter of persons. Uh, We simply have to obey the laws. We simply have to obey the commands that God has made. And if we do it right, uh, God will always accept our worship. He will always accept our prayers and there would always be blessings uh, in our life. In Hebrews uh, chapter 10, uh, 11 through 14, and in many uh, passages in the book of Hebrews, uh, we see that Christ uh, is presented uh, as the perfect uh, sacrifice, uh, as a sacrifice uh, that was better than all the offerings uh, that were made uh, in the Old Testament. And it also reminds us that Lord Jesus Christ uh, became the final uh, sacrifice. Uh, for our sins. So in the Old Testament, we saw that people, whenever they committed a sin, uh, they would go back uh, to the priest with an offering as an atonement for sins. But we see that uh, in the New Testament, uh, Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, died on the cross and he rose again from the dead uh, in three days. And by doing that, he became that perfect uh, sacrifice for our sins. And we can approach uh, the most uh, holy God Uh, based on the righteousness uh, that is imputed upon us uh, through the sacrifice uh, that was made by Christ. So that is the confidence that we have uh, as born-again believers. Uh, We can always approach God uh, based on the sacrifice uh, that was made by Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It is not based uh, on our works. Uh, It is not based on what we are doing, but it is based on the perfect work that was already done by Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so as we come to the end, uh, we can ask ourselves, uh, are we also guilty of offering uh, blemished uh, sacrifices? Are we also guilty of offering blemished uh, worship? And what type of uh, sacrifices uh, does God expect? Okay, so, uh, to respond to that question, are we offering uh, blemished uh, sacrifices? Uh, we may say yes or we may say no. Or like the priests, uh, we may say that uh, we are not really sure uh, whether our sacrifices are pure or if our worship is pure or blemished. So we need to ask ourselves uh, whether our worship is acceptable uh, to the Lord and hopefully uh, it would be no where we have the assurance that our worship uh, is going to the Lord's presence uh, as a pure worship. And we also see that uh, true worshipers uh, are born again uh, believers. And when we are worshiping God, we are always uh, exalting God, who's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible also reminds us that when we worship, uh, it should not be a tradition but it should be based on uh, understanding. It should be based on experience. Uh, It should be done in spirit and in truth. And since uh, we are worshiping a God uh, who does not change, uh, our worship uh, should not be affected by the circumstances uh, that we might be going through. So our worship uh, should be constant uh, at all times because our focus in worship is on God Uh, It is not on us or what we are going through. And we also see that uh, true worshipers, uh, they will be looking forward to worship in heaven uh, where they will be in the presence of God. So that is the great hope. And that is what will give them uh, the greatest joy of simply waiting uh, for the return of the Lord and waiting for the glorious uh, reunion. And through that, uh, they will be able to worship uh, forever. And as we read the New Testament, we also see that uh, all believers uh, are considered to be priests. So in the Old Testament, we had the Levites, we had the uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron's uh, as priests, but in the New Testament, uh, all believers, all those who are born again, are considered as priests. And in terms of the type of sacrifice that the Lord expects of us, uh, we can say that firstly, uh, the sacrifice that he expects is of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice that we read in Romans uh, chapter 12 and verse 1 and also the Lord expects that the sacrifice that we offer uh, should be uh, costly uh, even as David said in second Samuel 24 24 neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that uh, which cost me nothing So sacrifice, uh, by definition, means that it should cost us uh, something, and that should be true uh, in case of the sacrifices that we are making to the Lord. And in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, uh, 15, 16, uh, reminds us that uh, we need to offer uh, the sacrifice of praise, uh, which is the fruit of our lips, uh, giving thanks uh, to his name. So that is what we are exhorted uh, every Sunday when we come for worship, to offer the sacrifice of praise, uh, which is simply the fruit of our lips, which is coming with understanding, it is coming with experience, and it is being offered in spirit and in truth. And we're also reminded that we need to be sacrificial uh, of our gifts in Philippians uh, 4.18. And overall, we are, we. Fee- as we read the scriptures, uh, we, we are reminded that we need to sacrifice the best uh, of our time. We need to sacrifice the best uh, of our talents and we need to sacrifice the best uh, of our treasures. So the second part of Malachi chapter one uh, reminds us that God is not pleased uh, with blemished uh, sacrifices and he expects us to offer the best uh, to him. So God offered his best to us, when he offered his only begotten son as a sacrifice for us. And the Lord expects the same from us, that we should always uh, strive to offer our very best. And as we read this passage, uh, we are also reminded of the character of God. So last week we saw that God is a God of love. And we also saw that God uh, never changes, uh, even though there may be times when we feel that God is silent or God is not working on our behalf, but the scripture reminds us that God is the same uh, yesterday, today, and forever. And he is conscious of everything uh, that is happening in our life. And he is making uh, everything work uh, for our good uh, at the end. So God never changes. Uh, his love for us uh, never changes. And the second part of Malachi chapter one uh, reminds us that God is holy And he expects uh, high standards from each one of us uh, in terms of the life uh, that we are living, uh, in terms of the worship uh, that we are bringing to the Lord. Uh, It should be offered uh, to a God who is holy and who is highly exalted. We'll stop here. Uh, So so the second part of chapter one uh, reminded us about the blemished uh, sacrifices that were being offered by the priests. Uh, which showed a lack of reverence or to the Lord, and, and we saw the response to the blemished uh, sacrifices. We can repent, or God also says that if you're offering blemished sacrifices, uh, there is no need to keep the temple open. Uh, it can be suspended because there is no point uh, offering meaningless sacrifices.